What you're about to listen to is an episode. Next thing you know, I'm going to be telling you it's produced, and then it's good. That's right, you're about to listen to a good episode's production. So, Charlotte. Yeah? What is what is quantum? Uh, quantum is a description of the kind of physics in regards to the way energy works on a on a like an anatomic scale or like subatomic scale um it refers to quanta which is that the packages of energy that exist in waveforms that are sort of the particle form of light or other forms of um radiation um Uh, (laughs) i was gonna do quantum if i went to ucl i was gonna do quantum physics um (laughs) though i probably would have just dropped out of that as well but it would have been cool maybe you could have been a dropout in London, which is like being a dropout in Durham, but more expensive. Yeah, I don't know if being a UCL dropout has the same clout as being mm-hmm. a Durham dropout, you know. Well, uh, as we've learned today uh, from Chuds on Twitter... If being in like, Durham makes you northern. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Durham Uni, I'm northern. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, what, what happened on Twitter? Uh, uh, is this like a local British thing that is like not interesting to anyone who doesn't know? The I think region, it's or is it? It's a bit like yeah, it's a bit specific to British politics. It's just yeah. like some journalist who claims to have he understands the northern psyche because he voted Leave when he was <laughs> studying at Durham University, which is a posh university <laughs> in the north, mostly full of south <laughs> like southern people. Yeah, I feel like there's a. Not a huge percentage, but there's like definitely a percentage of things that you or George would be tweeting about mm. that is like absolutely inscrutable to someone <laughs> who is not like following <laughs> British politics uh-huh. very closely. That's the same with everywhere, really. It's we all live in different nations. It's it's all gonna they're, be. They're all they're all full of their stuff. own dumb bullshit. <laughs> I just don't think you'll ever catch me tweeting about politics, <laughs> just in general. Well, that's because you're a n- big nerd who only... <laughs> yeah, I only tweet know. about comic books and... Uh, <laughs> Funko Pops? Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. I do tweet about Funko Pops. I No, I only tweet bullshit. Like, I'm not gonna... Um... I used to tweet more politics and then gradually the bullshit's sort of taken over mm-hmm. a bit, but like... It's part fun. of my brand. I love to sometimes talk about politics at random and then also talk about museum stuff at random yeah. while also just talking about bullshit. Yeah, that I, seems like your brand. I yeah. will I will never curate a personal brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> George, you have you a personal to, brand. George, what? you need to post more. <laughs> no, I'm actually thinking about <laughs> deleting my Twitter account. Well, I mean, you were happier when you'd had it deleted. <laughs> Way happier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but most people were happier like whenever that was and it's probably not related to George it's just related to the passage of time yeah I think it's when I joined Twitter everything got worse uh-huh. yeah so George, the act of George rejoining Twitter after a suspended absence um, actually made everything go wrong yeah I wonder what kind of ripple effect uh, took place there like did you he metaphorically built the world's biggest pyramid. Uh-huh. It's probably quantum. It was quantum. Quantum nice. stuff. A nice. butterfly flapped its wings on George's Twitter and then miles away the coronavirus happened. Yep. Nick is crawling through your Twitter and it's like good content. And I will say for, for someone who only has 15 followers, you have like <laughs> the 
the number of tweets uh, in relation or the number of likes on your tweets in relation to the number of followers you have is like something I could never dream of to achieve. Wow, it's high, uh, it's high engagement. Yeah, you, this yeah. this is this is terrible. I'm I think I'm gonna I'm gonna delete it even more now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can only delete it so much, you know. I'm gonna have to like make a list of everyone who is like frequently um, liking my tweets, mm-hmm. and then block everyone else so I can achieve this beautiful <laughs> ratio. <laughs> I mean, that's what I feel is, like, the correct thing. Because what's really weird is people who follow you and then never like your tweets. Oh, damn. You, you forget they're there. And then this was when, this was, like, when Lily's friend was, like, talking to Lily and was like, oh, I hear Charlotte's coming to stay with you. She should be fun if her tweets or anything to go by. And I completely forgot that she followed me. And I hate that. <laughs> oh I hate God. that she could just see everything I tweet and I just completely forgot she existed. Damn, I do have some good tweets, actually. Watching from the shelf as an Iron Man Funko Pop bangs my wife is a pretty good one. It's pretty <laughs> it good. is good. I think you, you've got some good stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah, I like Milfgaard. Milfgaard, pretty good. Bring him back I mean, to last week, Milfgaard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Milfgaard will just never get old. I think that tweet, I'm gonna like... It, it, unless you uh, delete your Twitter right now... I, I'm gonna have to, like, whenever I will remember Milfgaard, I might just retweet it again, because it's so good. I'll have to come back on Twitter and cancel you if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like your tweet about uh, thinking about becoming hot. That's pretty good. Mm, pretty good. Imagine yes. being a monarchist, how embarrassing, also pretty good. I mean, yeah. they are. It's fucking, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm going down, going down your following list, and it's all our friends and fans of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. That's yeah. like, that's the ideal. That is, that is perfect. Like I have, damn, Evan follows me. Yeah, yeah of course, he's patron of the show. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I have like a, a like a shadow percentage of my Twitter followers who are like people who followed me back when I was more into German Twitter and I was yeah. tweeting in German. <laughs> and mm. now I'm like only in English. Like only there's like two friends I have who will sometimes uh like you know, people I know in real life who will sometimes reply in German to my tweets, so I might reply, but other than that, there's gonna be no indication on my Twitter that I'm you know, that English is not my first language. You will never yeah. catch me tweeting in Hungarian. I do miss the uh I do miss your pin tweet that was I am the face of uh German culture. But oh, that in, was in good. German. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was a um, good one, but it was like you know, I'm just not sure it fits my brand anymore. I will never change the new funky mode banner that I have. Because I think that gets funnier the more it ages. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Funky mode. I'm going through my like Twitter followers, and like the early ones are all like Durham JCRs and shit, and like random people who I don't talk to anymore. Trev Sports, Durham Left Activists, Alternative Durham Open Day, <laughs> a couple theatre companies. It's like, do I want them following me? Or should I just soft block them? I mean. I, I think that's such a how do I put it like a so a few weeks ago my friend and co-host of my other podcast Jen uh, pointed out that uh, Anthony Fantano is following me on Twitter okay who <laughs> happened back in like 20 I don't know 15 or whatever he 
asked one of his famous Twitter questions. Mm. And I replied to it and he just randomly followed back because I guess that's what he was doing back then. Uh, yeah. And but like since then he's become cancelled a billion times mm-hmm. and I I wasn't following him anymore so I just went ahead and soft blocked him but that was the only time I actually soft blocked someone on Twitter I think I soft blocked my um core supervisor <laughs> <laughs> I I would be so terrified if like um well because I was people followed me <laughs> I was bitching about museum stuff and she just followed me and then started like replying to the things I was saying and like tagging the conservatives in and I was like no this is not the purpose of this what the fuck? of this thing <laughs> so I so I soft blocked so I soft blocked her and then she was like oh I get she said something like oh I understand the boundaries and blah 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 but then after we got really drunk once she then followed me again and I just soft blocked her again <laughs> and that's when I locked my account. <laughs> I understand you don't. I just have a block now. I got retweeted by my colleague, and uh, then loads of like actual, like fairly large name archaeologists started commenting on it, and I was like, "Oh God, I've got, I've got to make another account, which is for work. (laughs) 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 They they can't see Mm -hmm. my my private shame." Mm -hmm. I am so glad that Twitter is like not huge enough in the German like public consciousness. Like, there's gonna be, you know. Official people will have Twitters, but it's like, and it's very weird because in German there's like polite form or whatever. Like there's not only you know you you will call um your friends du, ah. but mm. you know yeah. strangers, adults, you know serious people you will call z. Mm. But online mm. etiquette is usually like only du, except. Mm. All the fucking boomers who are on Twitter don't seem to understand this, which is extremely okay. bizarre to see uh, <laughs> to see them make like long-winded, exceedingly polite, passive-aggressive comments on stuff. You shouldn't talk, mine her. Like this help. is a thing my grandma never understood uh, because she was always I like the Z form because you know people will keep will keep polite you know and they they won't start insulting each other because you can't do that and she just doesn't get how much how like incredibly more passive aggressive the like polite form is yeah it's um it's like uh, boomers tweeting with full stops all the time yeah i was gonna yeah. say it's like using correct pronunciation like uh fucking punctuation although that's probably yeah. less i can see that in like a formal context using pronunciation yeah. How do I keep saying pronunciation? Correct, punch, correct punctuation on like a formal academic tweet is like, I guess that makes sense, but it is like mm. weird. Okay, let's start the podcast. Let's talk about on, pyramids. On that note. Good um, vibes only. She's working at the pyramid tonight. Nobody knows how she built it. It's still sick. 4,500 years ago. Well preserved tombs near the pyramids. It took about 2 million stones to build that pyramid. 2 million stones. The pyramids took about 20 to 30 years to make. It's a long time, but if you think about the number of stones, a couple million stones in every pyramid, think about stones. Hello and welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld podcast hosted by maybe the saddest but the bravest people ever to live. <laughs> um, it could be. Uh, I'm your host, Charlotte. I'm your host, Janusz. Uh, it's me, George, the co-host, and welcome to WAP, which is Wet Ass Pyramids. 
Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. I like, I like how it's wet. Uh, that's, you know, got a British shit. Uh, Lucy's not here today because her ear is a big inflamed ball of murdered mm. pat, pain juice. Yeah. I don't know if anyone ever saw the uh, Neil Gaiman written uh, Beowulf film starring Ray Winston as an uncanny <laughs> no. uh, Viking. Um, but in that he punches directly into Be- uh, Grendel's ear and it explodes in loads of pus and that's I think that's probably what's going on that's with Lucy. That's what happened to Lucy, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Ray, Ray Winston uh, jumped on her and like punched her in the ear. I love how much Neil Gaiman famously has a you know knowledge and respect to all like old myths and stuff so he wrote like such a perfect adaptation of Beowulf <laughs> I mean I think it's funny to like honestly do it's, a fucked up version of Beowulf it's kind uh, of it's kind of a, it's kind of a good watch because it's kind of just completely insane <laughs> is that the one uh-huh. that like it, it's the Robert Zemeckis one right that is like fully mm. computer animated for no reason yes Ah. Yeah, sort of like um, Polar Express era uh, kind yeah, of ex- CG Yeah, except animation. worse because it's earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, or is, I think it's around the same time. I can't remember. Jesus Christ, this looks so bad. Chess, mm-hmm. have you uh, have you Googled Beowulf movie? <laughs> no, I'll do that. Just, Beow- just look at the screenshots. Wolf movie. A movie is a film <laughs> series of images. Okay. This looks like fucking PlayStation 3 video game animation. Okay. Stan Wiglaf. It does have a certain video game quality. Oh, there's a sexy lady, though, who's yeah, Angelina. No, uh, is it? Charlotte, we should watch this. <laughs> Angelina Jolie. It is Angelina yeah, exactly. Jolie. Yeah. I, I thought it was, but then she she looked a bit she looked a bit fucked up, so I couldn't. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she sort of looks like Angelina Jolie, but she also doesn't. So she's gold and sexy, and uh, has a tail. Yeah, I was going to say, in a lot good. of the screenshots, she's naked, so that's pretty cool. They seem to be in water a lot. Is that part of Beowulf? Um, I don't she remember does, it to be. She, she lives underwater in Beowulf. Yes. Is she Grendel's mother? Yes. <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> that's uh, so funny. Although it, it it diverts entirely differently, they're like, "What if what if Beowulf actually fucked Grendel's mother?" <laughs> uh, that would be kind of hot. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this really badly made poster where the tagline is just, "I will kill your monster." <laughs> I will kill your monster. That's how I he says how, it as well. Like one of the like posters I th- that that come up has just one pull quote that says outrageously entertaining three out of four stars like <laughs> i'm obsessed not, with those things but could you not find be... a perfect review no you always wonder when they put like three or four stars on the cover like how bad the rest of the reviews were honestly this is this is the worst piece of animation in the film i think this face where he has it, it like it like pans down this spear that's pointing directly at his directly between his eyes and it's it it ah uh, <laughs> why does it why did they decide to make it like that because robert zemeckis was like obsessed with like at one point after castaway he became obsessed with uh technological marvels uh mostly uh what's it uh, called motion cap motion cap animation because he made the polar express yeah. and yeah. also monster house but monster house was cool 
Um, oh, he made monsters. But yes. Polar Express is very off. It's not good to look at. Oh yeah, Polar Express was even earlier. This was 2004. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but at least Polar Express is like has like a bit of a uh, you know this fairy tale type look to it. You know. <laughs> I uh, mean. I think I think the Beowulf is just off because it looks like a gritty video game. I mean, according to the theme section of the Wikipedia page, the film is acknowledged to draw extensively from the philosophy of Freud, Kristeva, Lacan, <laughs> Jung, as well as Zizek. In particular, Express. In particular, uh, Beowulf. In particular, the portrayal of Grendel as kin appeals to multiple forms of sexual unease, among them castration anxiety, the monstrous feminine, and the challenging of traditional gender roles. <laughs> <laughs> According to Nicholas Haydock, the film reflects the American obsession with sex as the root of all evils. Uh, to the extent of affairs, Beowulf sent Rothgar's betrayals to Bill Clinton and the history of sexual misconduct that caused his political decline. Yeah, Be- just Beowulf- do a fucking Beowulf movie. Just adapt Beowulf. I don't Beowulf know. wants to. Beowulf wants to uh, have sex with um, uh, Hrothgar's uh, sexy wife. But instead, he has sex with Grendel's mother, and then she finds out, and she's like, I'm not going to bang you, and it's just sad and old for the rest of the film. It says it had, like, mainly positive reviews. Honestly, um, I, I, I enjoyed it when I, when I watched it as a teen. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll have a look and maybe see if it does, it does employ the philosophy of Zizek to talk about gender roles. Also, the film um, really hates you, Christians. Have, <laughs> have you actually read any Zizek? Nope. No. You should not. <laughs> I would not recommend it. I know some vague stuff, but I've never actually read it. It's, I guess he's not quite as bad to read as Lacan, but still pretty, pretty horrible writing. Yeah, he likes the technical language, right? Yeah, but he also yeah. has like some pretty bad views on like gender stuff. That doesn't surprise me. He's like he's like close uh, personal friends with Judith Butler, who like came up with gender studies. And I know. I remember have... a very, I remember a very famous uh, Tumblr post that was Zizek and Judith Butler share a t- share a one room flat. Yeah, I, I, um, I saw that. <laughs> it's pretty good. Can we do? But can we do like, a Beowulf yeah. two thousand and seven movie night? Please. Have you have you seen the pictures from Zizek's wedding? Uh, do I want to? I am obsessed with it. I send it to everyone. <laughs> 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 is he did he clean his shirt for it at least uh, he's wearing like a a suit <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay you know I think his face is like not his face could be like more uh, cleaned up but uh, at least he's wearing a clean shirt that's a plus um, T- ties are dumb but also you would look better wearing a tie yeah mm-hmm. I just, yeah, don't just wear I don't a know t-shirt. I his, do his actually wife is very young. Um, own that yep. uh, t-shirt from the Zizek meme where that says uh, I would prefer not to but yeah, my excuse is it's from uh, the quote is from uh, from a Melville short story which is really good so I have an excuse Zizek hmm. has been married four times yeah that doesn't surprise me either uh huh <laughs> I his first wife was the Argentine model Analia Huni. Um, so he just goes and marries models and shit. <laughs> Maybe he just fucks good. I don't know. I don't think... Like, he's he's also, like, so obsessed with sex stuff. Like, he talks about... Yeah. Uh, 
about it all the time and it's always pretty. I do like the one thing <laughs> he said about how um uh you should put a uh you should put a vibrator in a flashlight and then you can have a perfect relationship <laughs> without sex. Uh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking what about? A, what a fucking dumbass. Okay, so this week we are talking about book two of the book uh Pyramids, the Book of Life. The Book, book of, of the Dead. dead. Yeah. The Book of the Dead. Um which is obviously named after the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is a funereal um work which is um one of <laughs> I the books. You're you see, I studied. Too. You see, I've studied Egypt, but like only in bits, so it's quite hard to. to I know that's stuff. the worst part when it's like something you've you just dipped into, so you you know more about it than most people. But mm. if someone who actually knows about it hears you talk about it, they're gonna obliterate you. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I mostly did um, like the Akhenaten period of Egypt because um, it's the ah, most yes. interesting. It's it pretty is, interesting. But it is very interesting. It all goes funky. Yeah, Egypt has a very long history because it was around for like a, a stupid long amount of time, um, which is kind of what this is about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Book of the Dead is like a funerary. It's a funerary text, which is about how you, um, how after you die, you have to go on a journey, and then like in order to get to the afterlife. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just like helpful instructions. Which I think that the pharaoh in this could have could have done with. <laughs> you see, the thing is, I'm not actually mad about a lot of this because it's actually very accurate to real Egyptian history. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so Pyramids Book Two is Tepic has now become the new pharaoh of Jelly Baby, and he is not having the best time with it. <laughs> because hmm. Dios, the head priest, who is very, very, very old and very, very stuck in his ways and talks only in the present tense um, <laughs> because all time exists concurrently to him. He basically controls everything and Tepic has to do a bunch of ritualistic stuff, but he's not really meant to like talk to other people or have like, or really rule, like the, the priests mostly rule for him hmm. um, and he's he doesn't love it. Um, he goes to oversee the building of the new pyramid for his dead dad, who is still hanging around as like a ghost, and he definitely does not want to be buried in a pyramid um, for eternity. But Tepic initially tries to get him to be buried at sea, but Dios sort of takes over and it becomes like a fight between them, and it ends up with them commissioning the biggest pyramid that has ever existed um, <laughs> to be the resting place of uh, the dead king. Who he is, who is not happy about, but he can't do anything because he's a ghost. He goes to do some lawmaking and like judge disputes, but he, anything he says is ignored and the priests actually change it. So it's whatever the priests want to be done, which is normally just like giving, giving the priesthood and the royal coffers like money or um, sacrificing animals or whatever. Also, there's like political stuff, but he's also not allowed to be involved in that either. So, he's just having a having a shit time. He's also keeps trying to be like fun boss to all the people he is hanging around with, like all the the workers on the pyramids and stuff, which you're not supposed to do because he's a god and they're not comfortable with a god trying to be chummy. At one point, he shakes a guy's hand and he freaks out and tries to cut his own hand with a chisel. Um, 
but the priests um, get it surgically removed instead. Tafik is not having a fun time with this. <laughs> Woke Pharaoh. Yeah, he 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 can't deal with it. He has to wear a mask all the time as well, with like a creepy gold, slightly smiling face, and a bunch of other like ritualistic garments. One of the people who is put in front of him to judge is a handmaiden of the late king called Tracy with a P. See, um, I always pronounce that name as Petraki. <laughs> I did not. Uh, no, it's Tracy. <laughs> Is it <laughs> Tracy? Yeah. yeah, it's Tracy. It's a. Uh, it's the uh, this. I mean, the P thing is sort of Egyptian, but it's also Ptolemy. like Egyptian Greek as well. So mm. it's like he's taking it from Ptolemy, isn't he? Yeah, so like from the Ptolemies or yeah, yeah but it's like Ptolemy and not Ptolemy. The, the, you don't like pronounce you, the P. You don't pronounce the P. It's like pterodactyl. <laughs> you literally said the P when you said it. What Ptolemy? Yeah. No. Ptolemy. P- Ptolemy. Yeah, it's George said it. I think you don't didn't say it, but George said I, it. I didn't say it. I said Ptolemy. I said, Tol- um, I said Ptolemy. Um, Ptolemy is the name of my cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good name. Yeah, it's, uh, I was no, a very... You don't say Ptolemy, you say Ptolemy. Like you, you, Ptolemy. You... Ptolemy. 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 Like I, I feel like maybe it's just subconsciously you different you pronounce the T differently. But I'm it's definitely like, not Ptolemy. Um so Listen to your recording. <laughs> I don't you think it's this. true. Uh I think, I think you'll agree no. with me. No, I won't. No, um, if you like imagine if it was spelled like Tracy. this. Would you spell it different like would you pronounce it differently? Ptolemy. I'd say Ptolemy. I think it sounds different than from the way you said it. I don't think it does. Ptolemy, 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 Ptolemy. This no, is a productive pretty conversation. Sure it's the same. This is dumb. Okay. So, yeah. So the joke is that it's got a P because it's Egyptian, but her name is Tracy. Like, Tracy. Um, it's also just an I at the end. Yeah. What? Tracy? Uh, all right, Tracy. Because I um, did think at one point maybe it's supposed to be Tracy because I did hear about the P not being pronounced, even though I usually, like, I refuse to not pronounce it maybe because in german we say ptolemaeus <laughs> like in oh in, in german we we pronounce, pronounce the, the p the p how do you say how do you say pterodactyl pterodactyl yeah that's got a p on it though yeah uh-huh um, yeah, i did say the p though it's just a soft p okay okay um, Germany so is cancelled like, it's like a Greek P I mean the Ptolemies were Greek anyway so like, yeah anyway like my point was I did think maybe it's supposed to be Tracy but then I thought that's too much of a stretch no it's probably it's a just funny a random joke. name um but yeah it is, it is meant to be Tracy and yeah so she is um her crime is that she doesn't want to take the poison that she's meant to voluntarily take in order to be buried with the king to be his handmaid in the next life. Mm. Um, and even though it's voluntary, she's refusing to do it, um, which is against the rules. They did used to do that, I think, in the first dynasty. They did for a, they did very, very briefly. briefly. And then they went, hey, this is fucked up. We could just put models of people in the tomb instead. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't well liked, and also it was like a huge waste of manpower. Mm. <laughs> okay, but so there's this other character in the book who is also spelled with a uh, with a P, and I that's nothing, right? Like Teclasp, Teclasp, I don't know. Uh, this guy, Tarclasp. Tarclasp. Is that a pun? 
Uh, I don't know. It reminds me of the Welsh verb to clean, takliso. <laughs> I think it's just like, he's just, just like, a it's tidy, funny. Sorry, not, not clean. I, I don't know, maybe I either, I, I have this thing that I either ex- expect every name to be a pun or none of them, but like only just yeah. one of them is... Yeah, okay. I think he was just like, I'm going to call him Tarklas. Maybe it is like a reference that's obscure because sometimes Maybe. he does that, but I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> the Tracy the Handmaiden doesn't want to get put as like a funereal good in the pyramid. So she is being sentenced to death to be um, given to the crocodiles and then her soul will be devoured by like the great devourer. Um, also an accurate Egyptian belief. Um, and Tepic doesn't want her to die because she's hot and he also doesn't want to just kill random people. Um, but she's sentenced anyway and he can't actually control anything that's happening because no one listens to him. Like, actually. Mm? Also, he, 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 he is horny. He's very horny. Yeah, he's a horny yeah he horny. has some horny times. He's kind of horny with this one. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, having, uh, he's doing some more funny horny. Um, mm. Which is very interesting. Save, um, that for, save that for the river, mate. Yeah, save, yeah, exactly. Does, um, te- does Tepic come in the river? He should do if he wants to increase fertility. Um, <laughs> you know that the um, obviously the great god Enki ejaculated and that formed the, rigor, the rivers Tigris and Euphrates. But um, is this like really Egypt thing? No, it's uh, well, it's Assyrian, um, ancient Assyrian. Yeah, but it's um, real. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think the Egyptians did it too. Yeah, probably. They were very like, um, yeah, they had some sort of syncretist, syncretized beliefs because they were both around at similar times and obviously they were both around for a long time. Um, where was I? I don't know. <laughs> I love to be an archaeologist. Um, and then <laughs> you got lost read somewhere. about fake Egypt. Um, he's rescuing yeah. Tracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he decides in the night that he's going to sneakily rescue her as the king of the country. Um, so he puts on his assassin gear and does some, like, fun assassin, Assassin's Creed mission stuff um, and gets her out of her cell. There's another guy who he tries to rescue in the cells, but he is, like, he believes so much in, like, the laws of the gods and everything that he doesn't want to be rescued because he's afraid about, like, eternal damnation. So he calls the guards on them when he tries to rescue him. Uh, but they escape and they hide Tracy in a sarcophagus. Um, the next day, Dios is like, okay, I know you did it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he can't say that. But he's looking all around his room and he's like perturbed by it for the first time he's ever been perturbed by like anything significantly in a long, long time. Uh, and then they go on a... Uh, meanwhile, they're building the, uh, the world's biggest pyramid which is Tarklasp, who is the pyramid builder, and his two sons, who are also called Tarklasp II, the second second A and the second B. And one of them is an accountant, and the other is, like, a genius um, architect. And they're building this giant pyramid, but they do it in, like, fancy, weird, magical science maths ways, as opposed to, like, using workers... Um, they do use workers, but they also float the blocks up. Yeah, yeah well, um, they have to... too little time. Like, uh... Yes, it's... they've only got three months to complete yeah. it. <laughs> to to make isn't... the biggest pyramid of all time. Yeah, should, should like, take scary decades. black marble. Yes, and they're like freaking out because Dios says he's going to kill them if they don't do it. Or feed them to the crocodiles, probably. Also, they never pay them for building pyramids. <laughs> 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 because they have like no money. Yeah. Um, 
But the the sort of it's actually going all right, and the pyramid seems to be like almost building itself, haha. <laughs> Unless, um, <laughs> because it's almost like it's always existed because of weird time shenanigans. And we learn that actually that what the pyramids do originally, they're supposed to create like a stasis inside the pyramid, um, in order to stop the the body from decomposing, and then shoot the stored time up into the air every night, which is what the flares are. Um, but over time, they sort of misunderstood what the pyramids were for. So now they just sort of, they don't preserve time perfectly, but they just do some fun time stuff. And this giant pyramid is doing too much time stuff because it's too big. And it's causing weird little like eddies of time as they make it. Probably quantum. Um, yeah, because of quantum, um, which is like causing weird loops. Uh, but luckily, one of the sons is really good at calculating stuff, so they use this to exploit their workers um, <laughs> uh, in order to like get the pyramid done in time. They're just like time looping until there's like loads of them, and using it to like massively increase their workforce and build the pyramid faster. <laughs> but this is a bit fucky. Um, <laughs> And the pyramid is meant to have like a cap at the top, which allows it to flare off the the time. But this pyramid is too big and it's not being capped in time. So it's starting to like warp things a bit. Uh, Meanwhile, um, Tracy is still hiding in like the, um, in Barma's room. Tepic, that night he goes back to find her. Um, There's guards outside his room, but they're all terrible. So he gets past them really quickly and easily. Um, but when they're trying to escape on a camel, which is the um, camels, we're informed are like um, the best mathematicians in the entire in the entire world. But they just don't let humans know how clever they are, because otherwise they'd be like experimented on and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they are really good at maths um, <laughs> because of chewing or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a joke. It's just it's like so, Terry having it's some so fun. good. I I love this thing. It's so weird, but yeah. really good. This um, is this is like I think both this and the uh, the time bandy pyramids are like the most <laughs> um, Douglas Adamsian. He yes he ever gets like just just random world building joke that that doesn't necessarily make sense, but it's very funny to think about. And also he puts a lot of he he still like really commits to the bit. Yes. Mm. Um, Dios and the guards are trying to stop them escaping on the camel but meanwhile the pyra- it's like evening and the pyramids are trying to flare but something's going wrong because the big massive pyramid that still hasn't been capped is like grounding all their weird time energy and it's like building up time stuff um, and before they can cap it it does some sort of weird warping thing lifts off the ground, moves 90 degrees through like space time and like does something weird to the kingdom Tepic and um, Tracy manage to escape on the camel, but when they look backwards, the, te- the kingdom has disappeared. Um, meanwhile, in the kingdom, um, the gods are suddenly real, or more real, um, and they look up at the stars and see that the stars are, in fact, on the body of a huge woman, and the sun, as it rises, is being rolled uh, by a scarab beetle across the sky. <laughs> or by a dead beetle. It is very good. And they're like, okay, that's concerning. <laughs> uh, and then that's the end of the book. Also, we get some we get some stuff with Dios, who keeps going somewhere at night to rejuvenate himself. I wonder where he's going. Probably just cranking it. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I I started growing concerned like halfway through your summary because I realized that there's a lot happening in this chapter. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. There's There is a lot. There's a lot. Where do we want to start? Let's talk about So this is kind of about what is this about? Like politics or like what think, is what is Terry's bone to pick here? Well, the whole point of this kingdom um, that he's created, it's I think it's about time and tradition. So the, yeah, the kingdom the is physically thing. the kingdom is physically held suspended almost in time by the pyramids, mm. but also by what the pyramids represent, um, which is this sort of unchanging thing which facilitated by Dios, the kingdom doesn't change over 7,000 years and it doesn't move on and everything's so encased in tradition that it's, like, unable to change. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting, like, the, the, the like... So, Tepic, he's mm. king. Yes. And he's also a master assassin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he could, like... You know, and he still has no power over Dios, even though he's always constantly next to him. He is the actual king, but nothing Tepic says matters because no. uh, Dios will have to translate it back to, or not back to, but like translate what the godly part of Tepic is saying, which is the exact opposite of what he's actually saying. Yeah. And the people yeah. hear what Tepic actually is saying, and they hear that. Dios is saying something entirely different and they don't care. And they still say, uh, you know, the king uh, will throw me in um, for for the crocodiles or whatever. Mm. It's not like they don't say Dios said whatever. They still say the king said. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think it's actually... Mm. I think it's really cool, and I think it's this sort of idea of the king as a, I guess, like, body politic stuff, where it's like, the king is the king, but he's not a man. I mean, he is a man, but the man is unimportant. The important part is the king-god part, and they don't want to, like, the common people can't hear the words of the god, so they have to listen to what the priests interpret the god's word as being, because that's just what you do when when you're a common folk, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just, yeah, I think it, I think it is really good, and it's also feeding into that sort of religion thing, which you know, there's bits of this which are like slightly like small gods, mm-hmm. but like different. Um, I in think, that, like the application. Yeah, I think small gods give like a more gives like a more sympathetic uh, view of religion, I guess. Yes. Uh, this one is like pretty condemning, I think. Mm. Yeah. And it's like the the other thing is like what I what I was gonna like what I was teasing about it is like Dios is just like so self assured like there that there's not even you know the idea of some sort of uprising or whatever is like not even possible because sounds like Britain yeah <laughs> I think this is Britain and yeah it totally is yeah yeah ossified I think this is, I think this is Britain yeah. ossified social structure stuck in its past by by the sort of gatekeepers of society who's mm. who's the dios of britain then i don't think it's an individual no it's like a mindset yeah uh, dios represents like 
Empire. <laughs> I like yeah. the ghost of Empire. No, I think it's interesting that it's just one individual in this case, because this is not like a... It's not like the classic, you know, dictatorian uh, individual. No. It's just one person saying things in a calm voice. And he's just, he has like, it's not even, Terry doesn't even say he's evil. Like there's that bit he says about um, how, you know, there's this thing people say about grand viziers that they are just power hungry and they're not to be trusted. And they say the same thing about high priests, but it's actually not true. They're mm. actually very God-fearing men who uh, yeah. just interpret the word of gods, and that leads to yeah. <laughs> very yeah. seriously and, and yeah. thoughtfully disavow yeah. people for the sake of their god or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like it's it's the thing that Dios seems to be like actually believing what his like. He doesn't seem to be evil. He just seems to be very self-assured about the mm. evil things he says and does. He believes in the system, and he believes in the kingdom as a, as 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 it is. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a proceduralist. Yeah. Um. You know, he doesn't he doesn't exploit it for his own advantage in any way. Like he, Tepic accuses him of uh, of eating the eating the beef that is sacrificed from the the cow uh, mm. that they sort of essentially appropriate from two farmers who were fighting over it. Uh, yeah. and he, he's like, what? No, I don't. I don't eat meat. It's not me. <laughs> and you know, it it's sort of how someone can buy into a system without even like necessarily benefiting from it. Or yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he he doesn't actually have. Yeah, he doesn't do it for personal gain at all. He no. believes in it, but he also it's almost like he can't imagine it being otherwise, and neither can anyone else. So. It's, mm. it's almost like he's just part of this system that exists the same way every single day. Um, and I think Tepic describes the time in the kingdom as feeling like warmed over, like it's the same day yeah. that keeps happening over and over again. Mm. Um, which is, again, it's both a metaphor and like literally true. Yeah. And I, I think that Dios, he's obviously like highly instrumental in it but it's almost like he's just an inevitability of like a kingdom where nothing does change and no one can imagine it ever actually changing and so yeah when tepic who's come from elsewhere um or been educated elsewhere sort of suggests things that are different dios freaks out but then so does everyone else in the kingdom and tepic keeps causing chaos by like stepping outside of what he's supposed to be doing yeah um yet he doesn't understand the way it's supposed to work and so everyone's like Ugh, i hate this new king he's terrible <laughs> he keeps coming and trying to shake my hand or like ask me what i do and then say jolly good uh, <laughs> which is a, definitely a joke about the british monarchy <laughs> oh no it is yeah he's trying to be like some sort of british yeah british I, king he's very yeah. public school yeah like oh jolly good jolly carry good. on old chap <laughs> good sport <laughs> good score, good sport <laughs> it, it, it's i swear the british british monarchy like turn their brains off when they're at those functions i mean probably always off anyway but <laughs> yeah they, they would just they just walk up say, and go what, what is there oh, to turn off what, what do you what, what, what do you do here lovely, lovely very nice mm, yes mm. They're probably they're probably thinking about other things while they're doing it. I'm like constantly thinking about that clip of um I don't know which of the royal brothers it was. Maybe maybe Edward, I don't know. That that clip of when when Britain was clapping for the NHS and the clip of them going outside and it looked like they were clapping oh, for the first time in their life. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was Charles. Um, Charles, yeah. I think they, they don't have to clap. People clap for them, you know. Yeah. Um, There's like, what is this novelty? Putting my hands together in a quick mm. uh, movement they, they, that creates sound? <laughs> they've got waving hands, not clapping hands. <laughs> yeah. They have, they have to wave in a particular way, else they get RSI as well. This, this society is divided into two people, the clappers and the clappies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. I think most of the time clapping is like an equal an equal opportunities thing, you know. You go to the theater and clap and then the actors will go to a concert and clap and it's like a big cycle of appreciation, but it's only the royal family who sit at the top of the clap pyramid and never have to clap for others. Clapping is pretty funny like this this is uh this is like kind of a you know, a topic of research in theater studies of, or performance studies that isn't it pretty fucked up that we pay to go to a theater performance and then also need to show our appreciation even though it's technically just a bargain you know or, or just a not a bargain what's it called just a clapping seems unnecessary in because oh, it's just an economic concept, and... but it's still like expected of you to do yeah uh there's very little agency you have in uh how much you're clapping because it's like a hive that is clapping Mm. And it's, you know, you already paid them. So it's like, why do they need extra appreciation for mm. for what you already went there to do? And it's not like, it's not like the actors are paying you for, you know, it, they, they don't do what we do in, at the end of the podcast where we say, thank you for listening. It's not like the actors are going to clap that you actually came by and watched their performance. But you say, wow, that was great. Thank you for doing a good job you could have done it badly yeah. but you did it well so i'm gonna move my hands in a position and then you're gonna <laughs> bow at me and i'm totally gonna go hell sense. yeah and i love it because when i clap i'm like always grinning like anything because i like it when the actors come out and they're bowing and they're like oh i did a good job i love that yeah <laughs> yeah me too it's great it's, it's fun even though once again it doesn't make sense because you hurt your own hands <laughs> by doing that mm. you deliberately cause yeah. yourself pain to sh- uh, to make noise to show the actor's appreciation i guess you could cheer you could be like Woo! yeah i mean i do that as well yeah i, I mean yeah it's a combination i'm a wooer that's also I'll the other that. thing <laughs> it's like <laughs> then you can you come up with uh more exaggerated ways to show that you like it even more than a, a usual performance so you're gonna stand up or you're gonna uh, tap your feet t- additionally yeah, or you'll be at a, a spoken word poetry night and you'll just be like. <laughs> yeah. That's so much worse. Bring back clapping. But you can't clap during a poem, though. You can't be like, damn, you're making points. I'm going to snap at you. Oh, are you um, are you clapping during the poem? I hate that. Well, no, you snap during the, the poem. Snap, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they go, they say something like, society. Mm hmm. It stands at the precipice of the pit, and you, the pit, the pit sees you, and you see the pit, and then as you stand over the pit, you drop your moral in the pit, and everyone's like, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, God, I, it, I think if slam poetry never existed, I might be more, um, I might be less critical of the concept of poetry. Mm-hmm. You see, you can't judge all poetry by spoken by spoken word. Uh, mic night, open mic yeah. nights. But okay, we should. Yeah, where were we? The other fact uh, thing <laughs> about clapping, just one one last thing is, nobody knows about this. This is a this is a, this is a secret. Uh, 
I'm now gonna unveil on this podcast. In Hungary, people clap differently in theaters than anywhere else in the world. Because it's like, in normal places, when you clap, it's just everyone, you know, everyone is clapping. And it's just like a noise wall or whatever. In Hungary, everyone starts clapping. And then, half a minute into it, everyone starts adopting a steady rhythm. And everyone is clapping at the same time, like this. And then it's gonna, they're, they're gonna start speeding up until, okay. until it's very fast. And then it drops down to half speed again. And they do it like five times, ten times, this whole thing. Every time, like, international troops are That's... performing in Hungary, they're so confused. I think, that... I think I've been in, in performances where people have done that. That seems really long and difficult. Um, you do it if in a musical you start clapping along to the final song, yeah. but I've never like. No, but no, it's, that's wild. it's not like clapping without there being any music, right? <laughs> like, yeah. if it's just clapping, it's gonna be unrhythmical. That's that's the point. That it's gonna be a wall of noise and not. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very weird. Uh, if you know, once you get outside Hungary and go to a normal place where people clap normally, it's gonna be very embarrassing for you to be in an audience that claps like that. I think I've <laughs> definitely heard that in organ- audiences that aren't in Hungary. Maybe it's also at other places. I have never heard that in well, Germany. I've been to many plays and I've never experienced yeah. it. I, I think I it. might have heard it from concerts. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't go to many concerts. So. Mm. Well, like classical concerts. I used to drag, them, drag you to them and watch you get bored. <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's just like my parents i used to have to go see my brother's violin recitals a lot as a kid and like because he was like with youth orchestra and they used to do like an, a piece that was like an hour long and i used to want to die i used to actually read terry pratchett books during um <laughs> because i would get so bored <laughs> i think um, classical concerts are like extremely unbearable like i like classical music but like mm. sitting there and that being your entire focus like not you know not having it on as background but having yeah. to like sit there and i think the chairs or like the halls where they are performed are also like uh always like i i always want to fall asleep just just by the atmosphere in the room and yeah. by the way those chairs are i think uh, yeah. i think a lot of it i need i know it comes from a very particular class background classical music uh yeah. but um I think it does. It kind of it's kind of something that takes practice. You kind of have to learn to listen to just just listen to music in that way, rather than having it on the background. I don't know. And I I think if I didn't grow up in a house where like listening to classical music like that was a done thing, I'd probably feel the same. Mm. Yeah, we we used to (laughs) a thing that we used to like. The reason why I went to. There was like a period of time where I went to relatively many classical concerts because uh, at our school in like 11th and 12th grade, I think, but mostly, maybe even, no, I think it was mostly in 11th grade. Uh, we got like, the school got like five to 10 free tickets to like an entire classical concert series. Uh, <clears throat> so like our music teacher always offered that you know, if any any of us wants to claim the tickets, um, we can go there for free, and it's gonna be like very world class performers. You just need to get there. But uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. of course, so so we took it because it's like okay, free stuff. 
Yeah. Also, like uh, a girl I had yeah, a crush yeah. on was also going, so I had to go. <laughs> oh, then been in that position. Yeah. yeah. We still. I don't, I don't think we ever. Hmm. We still go to the theater and like drama sometimes. We saw. I mean, we went with English. We went to see Macbeth, uh, like a local one, and it was actually it was all right. Pretty good. Girl made fr- girl made fun of my shoes. Um, that's my overriding <laughs> memory of going. <laughs> that's so fucked up. <laughs> She didn't make fun of them. She was like, oh, I like your shoes. Where are they from? And I said H&M. And she was like, oh, never mind then. I was like, okay. Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> where, the, where the hell are you buying clothes from if you're not going to go to H&M? Like? I don't know. She was... Posh. I think. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. I mean, she couldn't have been that posh, but posher. Um, but she, it, was a tra- it was a trap anyway. It was always a trap, and I should have mm. seen it. Um, <laughs> Pretty fucked well, up that where the, there's about- like... 50 of the same person in the pyramids yeah um i love this it's very wild it's very um, funny it reminds me of I, i'm trying to remember what it reminds me of like uh being I, john I malkovich quite... when the john malkovich goes into the john malkovich oh that's a good yeah 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 that's a good uh <laughs> john john malkovich i like the bit in the in the writing where it first pops up where they go to find the builder's lunch that's suddenly gotten mm-hmm. really old. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I thought we already had this conversation. He's like, no. And then the next page, it does go back and they have the same conversation. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me really strongly of that Red Dwarf episode, White Hole, and they find something which is... Oh, no, yes. Yes, they, yes, yes. They repeatedly have the same conversations over and over again. <laughs> oh, no. White actually, hole. this is really cursed, but I just... <laughs> I, I think th- it actually reminds me of Rick and Morty. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. The, the like, pretty, six. Pretty stuff. epic, Janosch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I... Is that in... I think I remember that, actually, yeah. But, yeah, no, it is very... It's very funny, and also... Um, I, I enjoying, I'm enjoying the sort of way he's characterizing this place. I mean, it's sort of what he always does, but it, it's just Britain again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, like, that's <laughs> when he... Like, I... Because whenever it's not Britain, it's gonna end up racist. So I'd I'd yeah. rather he he stick with characterizing everything as Britain. Yeah, and that's sort of I think what he's doing quite a lot here, like with the um, yeah. So the builders, they're like sort of artisans, and he's like, oh, he has like a Gilgamesh moment, um, Tarklas, where he's thinking about his dad, and even though they're like pyramid builders his dad didn't get to have a pyramid of his own he had to like have a, a what's it called a um beginning with m mm. mastaba mummy a mastaba yeah mastaba which is a is a real thing um mm-hmm. and um yeah and he's like even though he spent all this time building pyramids he was never allowed his own pyramid and then he's like damn but if i make this pyramid people will always remember it as the pyramid that Tarklaf's made and they will remember me and in that way I will achieve immortality. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, you know, it's Gilgamesh on the wall of Uruk. Um, and yeah, so they build it, they're building this big pyramid and his sons are really annoying and he keeps saying about how much he hates his annoying sons. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, ooh, sucking their teeth, like, ooh, it's going to cost us a lot though, you know? <laughs> um, and they're using all this time shenanigans to just like, to like the maximum amount of labor abuse possible to like. Um, yeah, well, but get they're gonna to they're gonna pay them, though. Mm? Mm? 
they they pay them all in the money that they've duplicated. But yeah. it's it more, it's more the problems like one of the one of the masons his he is going to cheat on him cheat on himself with his wife. <laughs> yeah, no, cheat on his yeah yeah. Or he's going to be yeah, cheated getting, on. He's cheated on by himself. That's yeah. It. He's cucking himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're getting into fights with themselves and like. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it, aren't we three cucking ourselves right now? What? <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> we've got a podcast. Oh, that's pretty. I I, it's pretty cringe, bro, or something like that. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't the time loop that they're doing kind of what we're doing by recording ourselves and then putting this out later? Mm. Yeah, and we can already listen to. Uh, See, see, this is why I wasn't like when I whenever I'm not laughing at someone's joke, it's because I already heard it uh, from the future. I mean, you probably have already heard it, but it's just that we've said yeah. it like five <laughs> times in other episodes. <laughs> Charlotte, you know what I think uh, they should do with mummies? You should get your hand and put the hand inside the mummy. Oh shit! Oh, that's a good joke that you haven't had <laughs> tried to do two times already. You heard um, the problem, and the problem and Neil Gaiman's marriage might not be going great. Oh, that's really embarrassing for them. Big oof. I, yeah. On that note, though, it was funny that he posted like um, a thing on Goodreads where he's like sad posting about uh-huh. when he was. Um, writing american gods about like oh the past is dead you know and you can't go back and that's upsetting yeah thank you yeah he um, should have read this book and known that time doesn't work you like should have that. Known that time is just happening all at once all the time yeah i like the bit about how it was like pyramids were originally supposed to per- be perfectly fine-tuned that time just doesn't pass in them at all but then they yeah. kind of got sloppy, and uh, so 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 that was gonna be like the way the uh, dead kings are preserved, right? That mm. they're gonna put there in the, be put there in the moment of dying, and then they just don't die because time doesn't pass. But then people kind of forgot and thought that it's enough to just put their organs in jars. Yeah, and all the pickling and stuff came later because yeah. people mm. didn't realize what was the bit that was making the time happen. Yeah. And also that the old the old pyramid builders knew that you should build them small because otherwise they'd be too dangerous. Uh huh. Yeah. What's <laughs> what's Dios's deal here? Like, why does he want it big? Um, he doesn't. No. <laughs> he can't back down because he's having a pissing match with Tafik. But he's he's a bit like uh oh. But he doesn't yeah. actually understand how bad it will be. But he's a bit wary. But I think. He's sort of he's simultaneously aware that it's a bad idea, but also is incapable of understanding like change. Mm. Um, so he sort of can't he can't accept the idea that things might suddenly go really, really mm. badly wrong because he can't foresee that that amount of significant change like occurring in his world that he lives in. <laughs> yeah, he can't back down of anything, right? So if you already said no. it's gonna be the biggest pyramid ever you can't say well let's make them let's make it normal instead well that that's the word of god so <laughs> um as interpreted by him yeah famously um never has so, the but... word of god been wrong <laughs> or, or misinterpreted it's pretty funny um... in, in like christianity it's it, it is a thing about how you know if you're a pope you're speaking and and you're saying a dogma it's the word of god and it's infallible but like literally the bible is about how God sometimes does fucked up shit that he yeah. doesn't 
that he later kind of tracks backtracks or like says that it was just a prank bro hey sorry job have a new wife yeah <laughs> that's the most <laughs> fucked up part like she's super hot don't worry what if god was like drunk one night and he was like what if you just like killed your son and, and you're in the middle of doing it and he's like fuck no i was kidding sorry <laughs> i was drunk um yeah i was gonna i was gonna mention that it's very funny that this whole pyramid thing comes from the weird victorian idea of pyramids being magic and able to um preserve things perfectly and sharpen, and razor, sharpen blades. razor blades <laughs> i think yeah i think which i think someone just made up as a scam <laughs> to sell yeah. small pyramids to people because their razor blades are always going blunt because they, yeah, they have um, bad steel well yeah i mean there was because it was meant to come from a thing of them finding like cats perfectly preserved in the pyramid or whatever yeah they put the like, pussy in the sarcophagus oh. yeah exactly they put the pussy in the sarcophagus um which is and they thought oh it's not actually the mummification that preserves the corpse it's the secret energy powers of the shape of the pyramid um mm. it's not that it's just very dry in the desert yeah you can even preserve cats <laughs> oh, in the walls be. of houses in britain like they find them in old pubs sometimes and they're like here's our preserved cat we found in the wall yeah, because it was because that happens. Yeah, it was good luck yeah, to put uh, cats in the wall when you were building. Uh huh. Not for the cat. Not for the cat. Or <laughs> sometimes horses' heads under under the foundations as well. Ah, uh, what do they call the um, door guardians? There's a word for that. What was it? Uh, what, the oh, ones shit. in like see, the ones in Sumer. Well, just the ones. There's a name for like uh, doorway guardians oh. that I can't remember. Uh, I don't um, know. When you like, when you like, bury statues of dogs under the door. God, I archaeology. Think, I know things. I think I know what you mean. Door guard. Yes. Uh, uh, door guardians. I got a Wikipedia page open at the moment called "History of Masturbation" because I was looking up uh, pharaohs okay. coming in the Nile. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Tell me about it. People used to think masturbation was pretty pretty great. And then, oh, that's. Uh, I agree. And then more recently, they thought it was pretty bad, and now oh, I hate are like, that. it's pretty great again. <laughs> that's uh -huh. the potted version, of course. Yes. Ooh. Um, masturbation well. in Islam, masturbation in Judaism. Uh huh. Uh, I'm enjoying that. That's like a thing um, that they have information on in different religions. I guess it's like a significant thing that you do. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty normal human activity. It's pretty fucked up how um, how Catholics be like uh, masturbation is a sin <laughs> when like yeah. you know that every person is gonna do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so so you feel guilty. I, yeah, and I guess it's like money. leverage on you that you're never without sin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, apparently uh, uh, Sumerian men would often use puru oil, a special oil probably mixed with pulverized iron ore to enhance friction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just rubbing rust on your dick. Why not? The metallurgists are kind of come for me and say iron ore is different from rust, and they're right. But mm. like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of rubbing rust on your dick, uh, <laughs> uh -huh. can you talk about Tracy? Yeah, how do we feel about Tracy? Well, uh... uh oh, did we, I didn't mention that actually she's also his sister. Yes, I was about to say that. <laughs> Half-sister. Half-sister. So, 
But, so basically, they're preordained to get married because, as we're informed at the beginning of this book, he's supposed to marry his aunt or another of his relatives in order to keep the bloodline pure. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he he was not happy about that, but it turns out he actually is when he doesn't know about it. Yeah, so. yeah, he's just naturally attracted to his sister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of does a John Snow here. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's like. I mean, she doesn't have a lot of character at this point in time. She's just kind of, like, hot. But Tapic likes her because she hates him, um, and no one else has noticed him enough to hate him uh-huh. at at this point. So he's like, oh, nice, someone who's aware of my existence. Yeah, and she also says that Dios sucks. Yeah, and he's like, damn, I also think that Dios sucks. <laughs> but Thank also you. her grandma was posing for a book of sex positions, and she actually looks a lot like her grandma did back then, and she has read yeah. the book, so... Tepic um, has cranked yeah. it to her great-great-grandma yeah. many times. Yeah, so he's like, ooh, 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 the horny gong, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like that they have the thing about the sky and the stars being a woman who is, like, over it all, because, again, that is actually Egyptian yeah. mythology. Yeah, she also gets mm-hmm. a little horny um, with that. Yeah, but, you know, in, like, a creepy way. Um, you know, it's a bit disturbing when... The goddess is like, just like looking at you, and she looks kind of sad, but she's also the sky. And they talk about how like belief is sort of destroyed by things being confirmed as fact. Mm-hmm. Hey, can someone interpret this part of the book for me? Because I mm-hmm. underlined it and marked it. It's it kind of relates to the horny stuff. I just don't fully get what's happening here. So it's I'm just gonna read the entire paragraph. Oh yes, handmaidens. He hadn't quite come to terms with the handmaidens yet. Presumably, Dios chose them, as he seemed to oversee everything in the palace, and he had shown surprisingly good taste in the matter of, for example, olive skins, <laughs> bosoms, and legs. Now comes the weird part. The clothing these two wore would between them have covered a small saucer. And this was odd, because the net effect was to turn them into two attractive and mobile pieces of furniture, as sexless as pillars. Yeah, it's all about, like, you know, there's no real suggestion, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a bit bit obvious. But, like, then again, when he sees off. Tracy, who also wears exactly that, then he's like, oh my god, skin, I love this. It's, yeah, but He has an incest him. fetish. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I mean, it does. I think it's because they're presented as being, like, servants mm-hmm. who are sort of there, and he's sort of uncomfortable with it. Yeah, he's also, also they're, not, they don't, they're not showing a lot of personality. He's gotten used <laughs> to the Ankh-Morpork-ian way of doing things, where women wear, uh, well, wear clothing um, that isn't just like two bits of floss. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I and get that. He, he's now like he's kind of adopted their sort of sexual mores, so he, I think, he sort of doesn't feel comfortable with them in a way. Yeah. No, I I think the bit that really tripped me off about this was that uh, in this one, it's like described as uh, he's not directed to this at all. And when he meets Tracy, he's like constantly uh, having the biggest boner in the world, like just thinking about having seen sexy drawings of her grandma. (laughs) 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 Well, it's it's Terry Horny moment. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm just trying to figure out um Terry's specific uh sexuality, I guess. Uh uh he likes it when men are virgins. Yeah. 
He likes he likes um, men who are intimidated by by the women. That's that really are, the right? thing, right? Yeah, like, that's that's constantly <laughs> happening. <laughs> Terry just wants to be like a, a nerdy, sad man who's like, "Oh, you're too sexy. I can't handle." It. <laughs> I think Nigel is like we, we make fun of Nigel, even though he's a classic character. No, we don't. We love Nigel. Yeah. He's we love Nigel. He's so, Nigel. Uh, Nigel is so uh, educational in that regard, and that th- uh-huh. that is where like Terry went too overboard with making the male part of the, the straight uh, ship of the book just completely <laughs> unappealing in every way. <laughs> yeah, Tepic's appealing. I think yeah. I like Tepic. He's like Kevick's kind of nice with it. I mean, they t- they say that his dad's ugly. Um, yeah, so he, so he looks like a bit like a chicken. So he looks like yeah, like just probably because like they're chicken. all massively inbred. Apart from Tepic, he's less inbred because his mum was. I foreign. think it's. I think it's sort of implied. Um, also, because he, as a ghost, he's talking to Tepic about how Tracy has trouble, like with direction. And he's like, yeah, my dad was the same. It's It sort of runs in the family. And I yeah. guess it's uh-huh. because they're all incestuous. <laughs> they're all really and They're all, like, really absent-minded <laughs> and a bit weird. It's all a bit Portland. Not not, mm. not Oregon. Sorry, people in Oregon. <laughs> no, fuck Oregon. And, you know, the Egyptians, they did, they did, like, the pharaohs were pretty incestuous, like, a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Um, oh, God, yeah. There was, like, a thing. It came, like... It was like a way of um, keeping power, and also it was because they were meant to be like divine. Mm. Um, and then when the Ptolemies took over, uh, even though they were Greek and it was meant to be bad, uh, they decided to make it policy that you had to marry your sibling. Yeah, they were like, what if we um, did just fuck each other? <laughs> because because the first Ptolemy, he was just a real weirdo. Mm, absolute freak. Yeah. You travel around with Alexander the Great, and you're probably not going to be that normal. Yeah, because he was like a general, and he mm. was put in charge of Egypt, the and he was like, Diodoki. wow, I get to live in it. <laughs> he was like, I get to live in incest land, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I like the joke about, I was just, I'm just going through my notes, I like the joke about um, Tepic constantly having a dream about seven thin cows and seven fat cows. Yeah, that'll come up later. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's the ancestral dream. One of them playing a trombone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not sure if it's meant to be a reference to something, but it is like significant in the rest I of mean, the book. I mean, no, it's the Bible. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's biblical. Uh, <laughs> it's about the seven years of uh, good harvest. It's like and the exact same dream. Oh, you see, I don't know enough Bible lore mm. to like. This is not to, like to recognize. This is it. not like obscure Bible lore. This, 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 this is literally Lord an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the Andrew Lowe Bible musical. Are you surprised? That's like one of the four Bible stories everyone knows, I thought. Was it from in the Bible? It's Uh, the story of Joseph. Oh, I don't know Joseph very well for some reason. Mm. He's got a fancy coat. His brothers think he's a knob, so they sell him into slavery. I know that bit. Yeah, I know that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know the bare bones, but like... Yeah, and then he has like his, you know, he's a prisoner in Egypt, but then he... Has prophetic dreams. Uh, no, not he. He's good at interpreting dreams, right? So uh, the pharaoh has prophetic uh, dreams and he can't get anyone to interpret them, which is very distressed by them. Mm. And then Joseph interprets it and then he becomes like a finance guy. Like he becomes 
the pharaoh's bookkeeper because he knows he says well the fat cows means there's gonna be seven prosperous years and the thin cows means then there's gonna be seven years with like no food so you're gonna have to ration your food for seven years so that the, mm. the seven years that come after that can also you know you also have food for that then his god imagine yeah. if he was wrong and you didn't find out for like seven years <laughs> <laughs> um well I then think, he has I think some rationed is, food i think it's also yeah, where some bible literacy i think it's the story they use the pyramids as grain stores or something uh or at least some people okay. have interpreted as that and which is why some american evangelicals believe that the pyramids were grain stores like okay. Ben Car Ben Carson was on record saying I feel like, like they were grain Joseph stores. is pretty clearly meant to be allegorical or like just you know not meant to be. But I guess evangelicals can't be convinced to like yeah, they, read they, they the Bible with basic they have literacy. To take it literally, don't they, they? They don't. They don't pick and choose. They just. They just say it's all true. Like yeah. if it if it's yeah. in there, it's it's a real thing that happened. Yeah, that's which is yeah, pretty that's weird. Their, that's their flavor. God nukes the city. We love it. Mm, there um, is literally going to be a seven-headed beast coming out of the sea. Yeah. Well, what does the trombone represent? Uh, <laughs> that's probably just uh, a joke. I, yeah, that's what I. Because that's not in Joseph. Okay. Is it not? not. Did they not have trombones in in the? Egypt. I don't. Well, the angels had trumpets. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they were. <laughs> no, they did. No, they didn't. <laughs> trombones are like much later. Okay. Yeah. They're medieval um, sackbuts. Yeah, he has a lot of prophetic dreams um, in this, uh, most of which are fairly obvious to do with bad pyramid things. And also, he vaguely hears someone yelling at him mm -hmm. um, to not build a pyramid, which again is his dad, who is still hanging around. Um, he's here and I did like his sort of his sad commentary and also he's while he's floating around hanging around his body we get to hear all the sort of psychodrama of the um, of the people who are involved in his death and how there's so many craftsmen who are involved and there's like the wax maker who does like the mask and he obviously improves his face so he looks a bit hotter because he's, he's ugly and he's like, damn, when we're alive, they want us still to look the same. And then when we're dead, they also want us still to look the same. And it's like, wow. Because they will have to wear the mask while they're alive. And when they're dead, um, their faces are improved. And it is sort <laughs> of um, the king god as like a representation rather than as a human person. Mm. Which is, again, themes. And monarchy is dehumanizing to the monarch. Yeah, it's a polit political and in this he's like a, a godly force rather than just a person human force and also we get to see the model maker who makes the um uh the funerary goods um the models that become real in the afterlife and he's like a weird warhammer guy yeah he's just an uh -huh. absolute nerd he also he doesn't yeah he's like so disconnected that he doesn't he doesn't um he's like he doesn't bow and scrape to tepic like anyone else he's just like look the sails go up and down when you pull this thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's got the enthusiasm of a model builder and i like that just a huge <laughs> nerd yeah it's good god another another like terry joke uh for the camel parts where it says the fact is that cameras <laughs> are far more intelligent uh, than dolphins and then the footnote is Never trust a species that grins all the time. It's up to something. <laughs> I remembered that a lot, and I used to say that to people as a child to be like, haha, it's a funny joke. Then everyone was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, I used to try. 
Like I when, used to try repeating mm-hmm. ratchet jokes sometimes. Yeah. Every, yeah. People just stare at you. Yeah. I I had <laughs> situations in my life where I was like reading a book and I thought something was funny in it and I just read out that one line to everyone else in the room and they all like politely smiled. Yeah, my dad used to do that a lot with Terry Pratchett books. Um, my mum's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I always think it's really funny. That, yeah, there's bits where you really just want to read it to people because you're like, yeah, no, yeah. listen. I guess that's <laughs> what we're doing on this podcast now. But I mean, that's what this podcast is, yeah. Um, yeah, we have listeners who haven't read these books, so they need to hear all the good jokes. Yeah. There is a bit where it's talking about how, um, uh, about the camels being super intelligent um, and desert cultures tending to be better at maths and the creation of maths because they're in proximity to camels, <laughs> <laughs> who are the world's best mathematicians. Um, <laughs> but they just, uh, you know, there's no way of knowing. And there's, there's a funny line about dolphins where it's like dolphins have figured out the trick of rescuing drowning humans <laughs> as opposed to biting them in half because humans might take offense to that and like seek retribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we talked about everything. Uh, I've got a few more points okay. to bring up. It's quantum. Um, the first one is just that I think it's very funny that Tepic keeps trying to install plumbing and also get mattresses and um they keep being uh mysteriously attacked by pirates on the way there which is obviously dios trying to stop him having any comfort at all um which would update the kingdom in any way which is very funny um Mm. and also the gods are real now (laughs) they they always were they always were but now they're very very real now it's like yeah i because I guess yeah. up to this point they were just like you know they were just chilling mm. but now they're like actually visible in the yeah. sky like actually you know in the interpretation that everyone sees them yeah they are genuinely very real um, and luckily there is a lot of them many of which do the same job so it'll be fun to see how that works in the next chapters <laughs> I think it'll go fine um, sure and also, the kingdom, the kingdom's been sort of taken out of time now, so that will be interesting to see how it goes. Hmm. I have no idea. Like, even this chapter uh, went so so many more, like did so many more things than I expected it would do. You know? Yeah. Uh, in that, I have no idea. Like, I, I was expecting the pyramid thing to be like something that happens uh in you know one of the like the the latter chapters i didn't expect such a catastrophe already to happen this early yeah i was wondering where you thought this was going um as you were reading it for the first time because it's sort of sort of unusual (laughs) sort of a conceptual one really yeah it's not like it's not like the regular terry plots like it's much more big stuff happens yeah it is it is similar to a sort of um reminds me a bit of Thief of Time with the sort yeah. of time stuff. Um and then also it's got like small gods things, themes in the background as well. Pretty interesting. I do like this one. Pretty good. Uh, I think. I like it so far. Not enough chitter mm. in this chapter. Well, he'll come back. Maybe. I can't wait. 
He's, <laughs> I think today is great. Um, I think he's the best character besides Nigel. Some people are yeah. pretty horny for Chidda. <laughs> oh, well, another thing I was going to mention was, um, well, one of the disputes that he's settling when he's doing the law, uh, the law making, law making, the judging of people's disputes. Uh, one of them to do with the cow. He tries to solve it like a Solomon way. Um, where he's like, ah, kill the beast and give the two halves to the two men. And he's like, they will call me Tepic the Wise. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Like, um, he kind of undermined by the fact that Solomon's wisdom there is was was not that, that they actually wanted them- half of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably good thing it went that way for Solomon, else he'd be Solomon the baby killer, not Solomon the wise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the records of Solomon are just like, do you remember that guy who ripped a baby in half? Pretty fucked up. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it doesn't even make sense. That's not why they want the baby, you know? <laughs> no, it's like, extremely wise. <laughs> just imagining if it wasn't like Solomon playing a trick like, he wasn't saying, okay, <laughs> now go. thought that was the best uh, option. Uh, I will then split this baby in half and then wait expectantly, because that's what he did. But imagine instead mm-hmm. him just silently walking up to the baby with a sword and slicing it in half. And then being like, uh, okay. <laughs> what if they just like pocketed each half of the baby and was like, this was very wise, thank you. They <laughs> 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 would have loved it. Thank you, I <laughs> I have my assigned half half a baby. Ooh, what if it was like? Oh, that'd be a pretty good story. What if the like, the half babies were like, ooh, what if they were like robots? <laughs> is this a battle for us? I was like trip? waiting where this is going. <laughs> what if they were like half cyborgs and they were like each one became a different person with like. Half a brain. Are you imagining it as like like a worm thing where they both grow a second half baby? Yeah, kind of. Where both the halves become like a new baby. But but I could also see it being. It doesn't even need to be a robot thing. It can be like a a Murakami magical uh, realism thing where they're just get sliced in half, and then we have like two half babies that are just like humping on one leg. Yeah, and they just and they live. Just live yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. And then it's like a sort of weird, myth- like mythological story, and then they have to like find each other as they grow old. And maybe they're like on opposite sides of a feuding family, <laughs> but they're like half of the same person. Yeah, so it's be pretty cool. <laughs> does the okay. does the penis also get a split in half, or does one of them get it and the other doesn't? I think that would be unfair. Hmm. hmm. One one gets the balls, one gets the dick. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I was thinking about them being like they get one each. Um, yeah, they got like half. Um, Who gets the liver? <laughs> uh, don't worry don't about worry it. About it's about not it. that kind of story. <laughs> it's not the a medical heart. story. <laughs> you know, this is not a medical story. What, what, it's like a what it's if, a magical story. What if magic was uh, was actually expl- explicable by science? That would make the magical stories better. Yeah. Harry Potter should have some kind of fan fiction written about it, uh-huh. where you can explain it all by science. Uh, that's not what Methods of Rationality is. Oh, so. yeah, I haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can try and be smart, but you actually don't understand what it, what it is. Hell no. The, 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 
the uh, the thing about comedy is that better jokes are made when you don't understand <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's classic. No, methods of rationality magic is real, but they point out all the time that it doesn't make sense. Um, oh. And also, that, that sounds uh, dumb. Harry Harry follows a rationalist uh, view of science, oh, so hey, he's yeah. trying to it's perform so the sci- he's trying to put the scientific method towards magic. Elon Musk um, does he does he say bacon? No, it's not actually. I mean, it's like bad, but it's not bad in that way. Uh-huh. Like it's competently written, from what I remember. Hmm. Was it, uh, was just, it written by a man annoying. who fought on both sides of the trouble? <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the the uh, premium listeners. In a way, listeners. he was part of like a it was part of like a weird repu- like libertarian Republican think tank that like was split down the middle because half of them suddenly realised that the other half were like neo Nazis. Um, <laughs> Damn! How did all my these neo Nazis get in my totally not neo Nazi organisation? <laughs> Does every mm-hmm. time does every time the magic is pointed out to uh, to to ma- be irrational does does it make a ding sound every time? No, it's again it's not like that. Um, that's not how it is. But it, it it does have Quirrell, who's like super clever and um, a rationalist, or maybe. But he's like evil, and it's like you know he's evil, but it's like he's sort of evil in a fun, you know, he's smart way. He's smart evil guy. It's also implied that the pioneer play is um a, a hookrux. Okay, <laughs> this just sounds like I, I think it would be more fun to just strawman it and to be a worse version of what it actually is than, but. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, Hermione Hermione is killed by a cave troll. Okay, that's. Fuck that. But he may be trying to resurrect her. I don't know. I stopped reading it about that point. Because <laughs> hmm. I was like, this is a bummer. You know? And then he goes on trial for like facilitating her death. And he's like, but the law courts don't make sense. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why um, Harry Potter needed more, more law. Yeah, Harry Potter needs more like weird politics. I think that would mm, be. Courtroom great. drama be great. Yeah. Well, I think, like, a lot of the criticisms he makes aren't, like, unwarranted. <laughs> like, some of them are very dumb, like, being like, why don't the children think, like, intelli- super-intelligent rationalists? It's very dumb. But, like, some of the other stuff that he's pointing out, it is, like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's... Listen, I read a lot of words <laughs> yeah. of methods of rationality, and I'm, I have to... I will not be <laughs> accused... Oh, damn it. <laughs> of of what I am not guilty. Yeah. Um, what were we saying? <laughs> Why were we talking about this? I have no uh, idea. Uh, oh, we were talking about Solomon the half baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot. Forgot already. That was the thing we we're talking about. That should be actually. Yeah. Man, I I'm so upset. We already recorded that Patreon episode because that that should be actually the book that we're preaching. Um, you could have that. Can I have that as like a vampire myth in the story about okay. like the first vampire, maybe like they the, split a baby in maybe half. Maybe the half baby just shows <gasps> up as a like a grown up, no. adult, and then no. everyone is like, "Oh yeah, I remember. It was when Solomon split it, split him in half." No, it's like a creation myth, and they're like, "Oh, there was the baby was split in half, and one baby suckled suck, suckled on blood to survive and became the first vampire, <laughs> and then the other one." ate like the meat to survive and became the first werewolf. Damn, that's pretty good. But 
Yeah. Okay, but how did did they have more vampires then? Because we already established but that they can't procreate, right? Because they either have a half-split no. uh, dick or just one bar. Well, I guess you can probably. Yeah, but they like they regenerate. So. Yeah, you, but they regenerate. <laughs> All you need is one ball. So what he does is he like drinks the blood and he takes the life energy and then he regenerates into a full, um, into like a full person okay. again. And then the same thing happens with the other one because I, I imagine you know werewolf vampire lore they can like regenerate from like certain wounds and so they're like this is how they learned the ability was from the first time. I think this is good shit. Good. You know? I think this is good stuff. Um. And it's like, ah, oh, they were brothers, but also because they came from the same baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up that there has this never is, been a queer from mid that involved uh, two brothers um, being exactly. at odds with each other. Yeah, there's never been one, so None of them. Uh, I've created this original uh, idea. Yeah. Except they're not uh, yeah, brothers. Yeah, it's a new type of person. brother, so it's already, you know, already... Yeah. I... <laughs> Fucked up it that there's no creation myth where one person gets taken out, like one part of their body, and that grows into a different person. Exactly, that's never, never happened. Well, this is why this is such a good creation myth, because it's obviously, like, you know, it's similar to other ones. Yeah. It follows the same sort of lines. I mean, it's no Enki um, going into the swamp and then having sex with a random woman, and then her immediately giving birth, and then... The, the child becoming an adult woman and then Enki coming back and having sex with that woman and then them having a child and this happening like four or five times what before is, she finally brains him with a rock. <laughs> it's more like uh, ancient Assyrian creation no, okay. myth. Um, I did a project on this so I know a lot about it. <laughs> I see. I'm, I'm a, Enki did a lot of bullshit. I'm a big fan of Vinamoinen in Finnish mythology. Who he's born old because his mother, I think his mother is the heir or something, and she bears him for like mm. 90 years. So he's born and he just comes out and he's like, I'm really old. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's really fucked up. is over party. Enki is over party. Uh, I've got to find, because I did, my project was like a, um, it was like a magazine. It was like a woman's magazine, but about ancient Assyrian sex secrets. Okay. Um,. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I need to find the bit on Enki. It was pretty good. Okay. Do we have anything else to say about pyramids? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think we uh, we did. Even though Lucy unfortunately wasn't here, which makes this podcast episode twenty five percent worse than all our other episodes. Uh, I still think you know we achieved some sort of derangement that we have to end this. Yeah, I think we've we've reached the high point of the episode. Now we have to kill it. Yes. Um, like Solomon did to that baby. But he didn't because they went on to greater things. I, um, I think we can solve this by cutting Lucy's ear off and then we'll have the ear on the podcast and Lucy can go and live her life. Kind of a... Lucy gets angry and she cuts off her ear and throws it into the ocean, but the ear becomes a new person mm. and she's oh, like, oh, fuck shit. Yeah. That's so good. It's... It's like Lucy, but everything's slightly wrong. So it kind of inversed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they have to um, fight. Yeah. Yeah, and then one of them has to kill yeah. the other. You know, the, the, um, the ear hurt Lucy, and, and in this one, the Lucy is hurting the ear. 
Yeah, and the, like the Lucy that has grown out of the ear is gonna try to convince us that she's the better Lucy <laughs> because she has both ears and other Lucy only has one. Yeah, that is that is the basis for how how good I think people are. Yeah, the number of ears. That's why I like that mouse that had an ear grown on its back so much. I was like, it's pretty <laughs> sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good stuff. This is the content you come for. And yeah, not the do. not the kind of not the not the, the jizzing kind of come. Sorry. Uh, too late. You said. Oh. It. Um. Hey, do you think Solomon was like when he uh, when he split that baby in half and saw that they both were alive? Do you think he was like super embarrassed because he actually uh, w- was planning to teach them a lesson that he now killed the baby? Um, mm, then he had to yeah. act like this was planned, but. You know, it's fucked up that someone created vampires in the Bible. Mm. It is fucked up that vampires were created in the Bible. I mean, if you re- if you watch Van Helsing, then that is like um, part of the, the movie Van <laughs> okay. Helsing. Um, it's like he Van Helsing turns out to be the angel Gabriel, um, <laughs> <laughs> and also a Rome, also a Roman soldier or something as well. Also, he was a Roman soldier. Yeah, he has memory. Was he in the Crusades? He like has memories with the Crusades or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good. The Crusades were moral. Um, okay. They're a good time for everyone. <laughs> Made a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Okay, next week we'll be finishing the book pyramids. Um, and it will be lots of fun. I hope um, so. You can, if you what if we like just have this, a real bummer time next week? I mean, it's always possible that something terrible will happen and we'll just, like, have a really short recording where we're sad. Yeah. Um, but not... But what do we say to the god of bad podcast? <laughs> I was I was actually thinking we should make... <laughs> not uh, today. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make that, that uh, could a depressed person make this thing, but it's like, could four depressed people make this and this is just one of our podcast episodes. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you for listening. If you want more of this, you can give to our Patreon, uh, where we are writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a normal thing we're doing now. It's just, I don't know, it's been escalating. Are our um, patrons getting a preview copy if we actually get it published under the Bella Forest name? Can we even do that? I don't even, I don't think it will work. I I don't think it's not (laughs) good. So... Um, I think they have to pay for it on Amazon like everyone else, but they already know yeah, what will have it's happened. O- it's all all only going to be like $1. Or yeah. Yeah, you could you can give it our Patreon one currency plus VAT or something. And, yeah, um, they actually changed it again, so now it doesn't show VAT again. Patreon is such a great company. I love how they handle things. They're so professional. Okay, so I think it's one currency uh, and you can get access to all our bonus episodes and everything else that we will be making and have made which is a bunch of stuff that you can enjoy they have they have made lots of things you can enjoy george isn't there because he is busy but he loves it um and he's there in spirit sometimes always always and um you're gonna be in our book so yeah and you can understand more of what we're talking about when we suddenly start talking about amazon author bella forest in our main episodes yeah so yeah, you can get all of that for only one currency a month. Or you can give us five, and we will shout out your name in the podcast. Um, 
Wait. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> One of our patrons. Uh... <laughs> what? 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 So. <laughs> One of our patrons who gets a special shout out at the end of every episode because um, he's in the five euro tier has just changed their Patreon name to Christ. I forgot my real ass name was on this. Fuck that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say that name anymore. <laughs> Don't know who that is. Uh, I, I know who that is. Finally, someone's ashamed of supporting us. So I'm just going to say their... Uh, their discord name from now on it's fine also one more thing we got a comment on um our most recent patreon episode uh by boyfriend of the show thomas and he said i love these episodes also from here forward my name is hank the tank so okay (laughs) did he not like that we made him boyfriend of everyone who listens to the show (laughs) yeah sorry tom okay so the the five pound patrons are yes thank you so much to all our patrons on the rinse flower tier <laughs> um slime yeah, simon thank you very much boyfriend of the show thomas aka hank the tank justin crandall milk succubus uh, evan dm and rise and grind memes for side hustling teens thank you and thank you also to everyone who isn't our patron but is still listening us yeah we appreciate you too uh i i i'm gonna say because i should have said this at an earlier episode uh, when it happened but like the most delighted uh, I've been was when people said that they are reading these books because of our podcast <laughs> that's amazing yeah because for all he's hashtag problematic a lot of the time we do yeah. love Terry and it's nice that people would read his books yes read them they're, they're for any reason good. yeah well, apart from sorcery which is well yeah, yeah. <laughs> read it anyway you know give it a go yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might like it probably <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> yeah so thank you for that and also you, you can join our discord our like public discord if you want to just have you know talk to people and chat with other listeners yeah. in our little community it's a great time um i'll put the link in the description um just please be over 18 i think if you join oh yeah please uh, if you're doing that be 18 on over and also don't yeah. be a dickhead. Yeah. That's our main rule. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be racist or transphobic or Don't be young. Sexist or <laughs> or young. Or any of the other fool things that you fuck can be. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> no, don't no. We just don't want to incriminate ourselves. Look. I yeah. would probably also have listened to podcasts uh, when I was not 18, but like Discord is, you know. But are kids, you know, listening to Terry Pratchett? I hope not. <laughs> Please, if you're under 18, That's listen to the kids. fucking... What do the kids like? Listen to Billie Eilish. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. Listen, Play some um... Fortnite. Or... <laughs> listen to Fortnite. Uh, do, a, do a TikTok dance. Listen to just the Fortnite soundtrack. The majority of our listeners are women in the 35 okay. to 45 bracket. What are they like? So... What are women in 35 to 45? Uh, uh, Discord podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Being paid slightly less than the male peers. I don't know. Yeah, they Bummer. love that. Grim. They love it. Um, <laughs> okay, this is stupid. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And until then, Stan Nigel. Stan Nigel. Stan, Stan Chidder. 
Um, no, do not stand Chitter. Yes, Chitter is cancelled. Chitter is over party. <laughs> okay. Uh, stan, Granny, Wilful Wax. Stan, Prince um, Flower, did we say that? Uh, ship, Nanny and Granny. Yeah. Yeah, Granny says fuck turfs. Granny, Weather Wax says um, fuck turfs. And Beyond Strong in the Arm is Beyond my uncle. Strong in the Arm is my uncle. And Thomas is my boyfriend. Bye bye. listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details